setting new goals for the year can be exciting. But what happens when we start to lose steam? It's all about the details. And Jesus cares about your details. You can start a winning streak with God by building small but important habits. Because small habits lead to big results. Winning streaks. Small habits, big results. Well, this weekend we're starting a brand new series entitled Winning Streaks. The truth is, is that God doesn't want us to just win today. He wants us to win each and every day. I don't know about you, but I want to win today and tomorrow and next week and next month and at the end of the year. And God is the one that wants to come alongside us and help us have a winning streak. And that's what a winning streak is when we win today, tomorrow, and next week. When you look at your Bible app, what you'll notice is that there's a place that tells you the streaks. It's in my Bible app. It's probably in yours as well. And it tells you how many days you've been in the Bible. But even more important than the winning streak is what happens when you create a winning streak in your life. When you open God's word and you look to his word, what ends up happening is he begins to speak to us. And what I want to encourage you today is I want you to lean into this message. Because I believe God has something for each and every one of us. There's something he wants to tell us from his word. So I want you to attune your spiritual ears to what the Lord would say to you about how you can win each and every day. One of the, one of the things about setting up a winning streak is it's easy to set it up, but it's hard to sustain it. And part of the reason why it's hard to sustain it is because of our habits. Sometimes our habits betray us. Someone once said that we have uphill hopes and downhill habits. We have high hopes and high goals and high plans for our life, but our habits betray us. One of the reasons why it's hard to change our habits is because our habits are automatic. Habits are behavior patterns that happen almost automatically. In fact, researchers say that between 40 to 70% of our life are habits. That means that our life is moving in autopilot. But I truly believe that the Holy Spirit wants to step in and interrupt that pattern and help us develop habits that move us forward, to move us from here to there, from where we're at to the place he wants us to be. And I'm just praying today that God would move something in your heart, that he would give you hope today about your habits, that he can step in and make a difference. Someone once said, we don't rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our habits and many of us, we keep bumping up against our habits. But I think that the Holy Spirit can give us the breakthrough on the lid of our habits and intervene and make a difference. That's why I've titled today's message, Build Better Habits. I want you to say it with me. Build Better Habits. I believe the Holy Spirit can intervene and help us build better habits. In this series, what we're going to do is we're going to go to God's Word. We're going to look at neurology. We're going to look at psychology. We're going to discover how God can help us build better habits, how he can help us have a winning streak in life. But in order for us to talk about habits, we have to understand how habits work. In fact, there's a process called the habit loop. This is how habits work. Every habit works and follows this loop. There's four parts to it. Cue cravings, responses, and rewards. Cues. Cravings, responses, and rewards. Cues is when you think about it. You smell something, you see something, you hear something, and it triggers a memory. 
Many of you, when you walk into your grandma's house, you smell that food and it brings back cues. Or maybe you walk into a restaurant and you smell something that smells a lot like grandma's house. What does it make you do? It makes you crave what your grandma would make. Then what happens is we have the craving and then we say we're going to go go for it. So we go for whatever it is that we're wanting and then the reward is that we actually get it. Now I'm going to tell you that this is how the habit loop works. And if we understand the habit loop, we can discover places in that loop where the Holy Spirit can intervene. He can make a difference. But to prove to you that the habit loop actually works and the fact that we have a desire to close the loop, I want you to help me with an exercise today. I'm going to say something, and I want you to help me out, okay? Don't put all your eggs in. Better late than. No pain. A picture is worth. Don't cry over. Actions speak louder. There it is. In life, we have a desire to close the loop. And what happens is our habits... We get on that habit loop, and it seems inevitable that whatever the habit is, it's going to get completed. Now, we can't change or control the cues, but we can ask the Holy Spirit to control our cravings and to change our responses. In fact, it's on step two and three where the Holy Spirit wants to step in. For you see, the last fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And the Holy Spirit wants to come alongside and put guardrails around our cravings. Now, our cravings aren't necessarily bad. In fact, I think cravings reveal innate needs that we have. When I'm hungry, that's a good craving because my body's telling me that I need to eat something. But how I respond to that craving will determine the outcome of my life. I can either eat something healthy, that can be my healthy response, or I can eat junk food. What often happens in life is, We just follow the automatic pattern that we've done every other time where we fall prey to our cravings. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to step in in step two and step three. And I'm just praying for you today that the Holy Spirit would step in in a powerful way and that he would interrupt your responses and that he would help you build better habits. That he would help you build better responses so you're not stuck on the rat wheel of bad behavior, but you're able to move forward and advance in your life. How many of you have ever walked into a coffee shop and you smell coffee? Where are my coffee people at? Oh, man, you know what it's like. You walk in, and it's the aroma of heaven. I think heaven's going to smell like a coffee shop. Praise the Lord. I'm ready to go. I need a whole lot of Jesus and a little bit of coffee to make it through life. And I just promise you, I think, this is, this is my theology. I might be wrong. I'm saying, God, can you make sure that heaven smells like a coffee shop? But you smell it. It's a cue. It creates a craving. You say, I have to have a cup of coffee. And not just a tiny little one. you got to get the venti size. you got to get the mega big bucks. I wish I could go to the 7-Eleven and get a big gulp of coffee. I, I know they don't sell that, but if they could, I would buy it. We go, we follow our cravings. We accomplish a response. We go get our cup of coffee. And then the reward is that first taste of coffee. How many of you can just imagine that right now? Oh, man. It's magical. It's glorious. But this is what happens in life. Cues trigger cravings. Cravings demand responses. The responses provide rewards. And when you experience the reward, it reinforces the habit loop. What happens is that it ends up reinforcing, reinforcing, reinforcing. 
But sometimes in life we get frustrated because the results and the rewards of our life is not what we expect. We need to ask God to interrupt our responses so that we can get better rewards. The bad news is that bad habits die hard. They die real hard, but the good news is that with the power of the Holy Spirit, he can intervene and change our habits. But we must invite him in. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our advocate. He wants to come alongside us. He wants to be inside of us, in front of us, behind us, around us. He wants to inform our thinking, our behavior, our attitudes, and we need to invite him in. And so I just want to invite you right now in your own heart to say, Holy Spirit, I'm open to you changing my habits. But now we're going to go to God's word. We're going to look, we're going to, look to God's word and see how we can build better habits. I want to invite you to the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 2. It's in the Old Testament. Before we get into the text today, let me tell you a little bit about what's happening in Habakkuk's life. Habakkuk is facing some challenges. There's some issues in his country. There's some issues with his people, and he issues a complaint to God. He says, God, I don't like what's happening in my life. I don't like what's happening around me. But then what does he do? He steps into God's presence and he waits for a response. Often what happens in life is that we complain and we complain and we complain and we complain and complain and complain, but we don't give God the opportunity to speak to us. And so if you find yourself in a loop where you're complaining and complaining and complaining, let's learn from the life of Habakkuk about how we can change our pattern. Habakkuk chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 says this, I will stand at my watch. And station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. I love what Habakkuk does here. He just doesn't complain. He actually pauses and gives space to God. And he actually positions himself so that he can hear from God. Look at what it says here. I will stand at my watch. He says, God, I'm not moving from where I'm at. I'm not going to leave my marriage. I'm not going to leave my job. I'm not going to abandon my kids. I'm going to stand right where I am at because I believe that you're going to speak to me. And I'm going to station myself on the ramparts. Now, many of you may be wondering what is a rampart. In ancient times, there were walled cities. And the walls around the city had an inner wall and an outer wall. And in between the inner wall and the outer wall, there was a place where people could walk at the top of that wall. The vantage point of a rampart is that it allows you to see what's coming outside of the city wall, but it also helps you see what's happening inside the city. And I believe God wants to position us in a place where we can see what's coming, both the good and the attacks of the enemy, but also we're able to monitor what's happening in our life and in our family and in our marriage. He positions himself there. And then this is what he says, I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. He says, God, I'm going to look to you. I'm going to look to you. Many of us, we don't have the answers we need is because we're looking at our circumstances. We're looking at our struggle instead of looking to Jesus. If you want a new answer, if you want a new response, if you want a new habit, look to Jesus. We all need, myself included, we need to keep our eyes fixed on the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith and trust that he's going to reveal to us what we need to do to fully accomplish the mission he's put before us. How he can help us get from here to there. And how he can help us build better habits to get there. Verse 2 and following. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that Harold may run with it. Now Harold isn't the person sitting next to you. Harold is someone who would take a message and carry it forward. 
For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. Say wait. Wait for it, and it will certainly come and will not delay. That last passage gives us reassurance that what God speaks, he will accomplish. Whatever he has spoken, he will accomplish. And I want to invite you to just prepare your heart. Say, God, I want you to reveal. I want you to reveal what you have for me. I want you to inform my responses and to change my habits so I can change my life. Here's the main point of today's message. God cares about your life. He cares about your goals. He cares about your habits. He cares about your marriage. He cares about your family. He cares about your business, and he wants to speak into it. But we must be willing to create a space for him to reveal what we need to do to make a difference. So just prepare your hearts. I just want to challenge you today. Lean in. Let God speak to you. In fact, I want to share with you a couple ways for you to build better habits. You want to build better habits? These are some things that you and I, we can do. The first one is clarify your yearly goals. Say clarify. Clarify your yearly goals. Goals are the outcome. Habits are the way we get there. Goals are life targets, and the habits help us hit the targets. Often what happens is we have unclear goals. Someone once said, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. We need to make sure that our life is aiming at the right goals. But even more important than just yearly goals, we need to get God-informed goals. We need to make sure that the goals that we're aiming for, God's in those goals. So don't get just good goals, get God's goals. Be willing to ask God to reveal them to you. This is what it says in verse 2. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets. It's it's God's job to reveal, and it's our job to write down what he reveals, to make it plain on tablets. We need to write down what he reveals. I've discovered over time that doodling is a spiritual discipline when you're daydreaming. Let me say it again. Doodling and drawing is a spiritual discipline when you're daydreaming. Why? Because it's when you're daydreaming that God begins to reveal. So keep doodling, keep drawing, keep writing, keep scribbling, and then when God begins to reveal what he's saying to you, write it down. Write it down. Make sure to write it down. I found in life that foggy dreams become clear on paper. That dream you have, it becomes clear on paper because God creates something and he reveals it into our mind, then we create it on paper what he reveals. So he is the creator of the revelation, and we are the creator of what ends up becoming revealed. We emulate him. We're created in his image. He's a creator, and he wants us to be a creator. The problem is that many of us, we stop at just our yearly goals. We don't follow through with the plan or the habit that we need to get there. So yes, clarify your goals, but we also need We need habits. We need dreams and disciplines, priorities and plans. We need goals and grit. We need to put those two together. For you see, and this is neuroscience, dreams happen in one part of our brain, but action happens in the other part. God has connected our brains together. We dream in one part of our brain, and we create action in the other. And God wants to speak into both and whisper not only into the dream, but also into the action. 
I want to encourage you to write it down. Why? Because someone once said, your mind is great at having ideas, but not keeping ideas. Have you ever had a really great idea? And you forget to write it down. And then three years later, someone else has the idea and they're making a million dollars because they had the same idea. That could have been your idea. The problem is, is we didn't write it down, but that person did and they took action on it. I don't want you to miss what God has for you. I don't want you to miss what he has for you. And so if you want to establish a winning streak, I want to give you a playbook about how you can create a winning streak. It's seven steps for a winning streak. Get a piece of paper, write goals in the date. Then write 10 goals that you have for your life. God informed goals and write them in, in the present tense. I will be a person who reads the Bible. I will be a worshiper or I own this or I have a new job or I take my spouse out on a date. Then write a deadline because someday becomes one day when we write down a deadline. Doesn't happen unless you have a deadline. Then list out every step that it takes to get to that, to get to that outcome and then make a checklist and then start with the first step and then do something each and every day. If we follow these steps, we will accomplish the dream that God has for us. You want to win your streak? Be willing to write it down. For you see, we dream well, but we plan poorly. God not only wants to inform our dreams, but he also wants to inform our plans. One of the gifts of the Spirit is administration and organization. God not only wants to reveal, but he wants to inform about the steps. And if you struggle with either the dreaming or the steps, the Holy Spirit wants to step in and he wants to give you what you need. The second way to build better habits is to align your daily habits. Say align. Align. Have you ever ridden in a car that isn't aligned? You can't go very fast because it starts shaking and you have to slow down. We need to align our habits to reach our goals. We can have a great goal and a great outcome, but if our habits are leading us off the path, we're not going to get there. I want to challenge you to choose habits carefully because they're ruts or high-speed rails. They're ruts or high-speed rails. Our habits will either lead us into the ditch or they'll get us to the destiny that God has for us. We need to align our daily habits. We need to ask ourselves the question, do the habits that I have right now, are they going to get me to the destiny that God has for us? He wants to step in, church. He wants to inform it. He wants to get us to the destiny that, we ha that he has for us, but we must let him speak into it. We need to allow him to align our daily habits. If your habits betray you, let him help you build better habits. It's in the daily disciplines that get us to our destiny. Our goals set the direction, but our daily disciplines get us to the direction. This is exactly what verse 2 says. Write down the revelation so that a herald may run with it. God wants us to run towards the goal. We write down the goal, but then we have to run towards it. And we have to run with intention. We have to run with focus. We have to run to get the prize that God has for us, the reward that he has for us, church. We need to run with enthusiasm, with passion to say, God, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. I'm going to go with you. And I'm willing to let you change my habits, to change my responses to the cues that come in my life, the cues and the cravings. You were designed to run well and to finish well. 
The third way to build better habits is to start new habits. Yes, start new habits. Now, some of you may be wondering, how do I start new habits? Well, I'm glad you asked. Replace bad habits with better habits. Replace bad habits with better habits. Remember I talked about the habit loop? Don't stop bad habits. Start new habits. Replace them. Instead of doing this, do that. Instead of saying this, say that. Instead of having this attitude, have that attitude. So don't stop bad habits. Start new habits and replace them. Because the habit loop keeps running and running and running. How many of you have ever tried to push a car that's standing still? Takes a lot of effort, right? But have you noticed that once you get it going, it's easier to steer? That's how habits work. Don't stop bad habits. Just replace them. Because the habit loop is working. It's moving. It's moving. And when you're moving, you can allow the Holy Spirit to steer the habits in your life and move you forward. Start new habits. Replace bad habits with better habits. But oftentimes, many of us were stuck. Why? Because we have what's called a fixed mindset. We say, this is the goal. This is where I want to be. But we put all of our hope in the results. When we rely on our results for resolve, we're going to fail. Why? Because results only come after we've worked hard. A fixed mindset says it's all about the goal. And if I don't get to the goal, then I fail. But a growth mindset is the the mindset that God wants to give us, that's how God gives us the mind of Christ. When we have a, a growth mindset, when we say, God, I'm going to allow you to help me become what you want me to become. Every elite athlete knows that they want to get that Olympic gold medal. But what they have to do is they have to fall in love with the process. They have to fall in love with the habit. Every elite athlete, every Olympian, they know that the Olympics only come every four years. So what keeps them motivated Between now and the next Olympics, it's the growth mindset. How far can I go? How far can I grow? How good can I get? How can I change my habits? How can I tweak this? How can I tweak that? I'm going to give you a practical example. Have you ever gone to the gym, and when you come home, you're proud of yourself, but then you look in the mirror and nothing's changed? (laughs) Well, I want to, here's the bad news. If you go next week, when you come home, nothing changed. When you go the next week, you work out, you come home, nothing's changed. But I promise you that if you keep going, eventually you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to say, wow, something's different. God wants us to start habits and to fall in love with the process and let the Holy Spirit inform our life. One day becomes someday when we practice each and every day. So I want to give you four quick keystone habits, habits that will make a difference in your life. The first one is the five-second blast-off rule. Sometimes in life, we procrastinate. And I know some of us in the room, we are professional procrastinators. We know how to avoid it. And procrastination, it has a functional benefit, even though it's not good for us. Procrastination is a way to decrease discomfort. People procrastinate because they're trying to avoid pain. But how do you break through? How do you break that lid? How do you move beyond that? What you do is you count from five to one. You go five, four, three, two, one, and then you get up and you move. You don't overthink it. You just go five, four, three, two, one, and then you move. When the snooze button comes up, you have to, instead of pushing it, you just say five, four, three, two, one, and then you got to get up. 
It's going to be difficult. It's going to be uncomfortable, but you don't overthink it. You just get up and you move. And what you'll discover is that once you take a step forward, your feelings will follow. That's how the five-second rule works. Count five, four, three, two, one, and then you get up and you move. It's the best way to break state and to move on to something else and to move forward. The second one is to focus on two-minute habits. Everything in life can be reduced to an initial two-minute habit. I believe all of us can do something for two minutes. Well, maybe except for hold our breath or that exercise called planking where you hold your body in tension. Nobody wants to do that for two minutes. But everything else in life can be reduced to two minutes. For those of you who hate doing laundry, you hate folding laundry. It's difficult. It's uncomfortable. You just avoid it and avoid it. It stands in the basket in the corner of your room. I know. I, I'm, I'm reading your mail. I know what it's like. You do the laundry, but you leave it in the basket. You can reduce it down to a two-minute habit. Instead of just focusing on folding all the laundry, just fold one shirt. Just start with one shirt. Get it going. Make it happen. If you want to work out and you're having a hard time, just put on your shoes. Just put on your shoes. I heard one, one gentleman he said, the way I started to work out is I went to my counselor and I told him my problem. I said, he said, I'm having a hard time working out. So the counselor told him, here's what I want you to do. Every day after work, I want you to park in the parking lot of the gym, sit there for a minute, and then drive home. Every day for the month. Just go park in the parking lot, stay there for one minute, and then drive home. The guy did it for a couple days. And after about a week or so, he says, this is crazy town. I'm just going to go ahead and go on in and work out. And guess what? He was able to start working out because he was able to reduce it to a two-minute habit. The same is true in our faith life. You may feel like this is daunting, but guess what? When you read one verse of the Bible, it gets going. When you pray for just one minute, and all you have to do, this can just be the prayer that you start with. Jesus, I need you. Guess what? Congratulations. You're a person who prays. You read one verse, you're already a person who reads God's word, which leads me to the third habit, which is vote for yourself. In life, we need to vote for the person we want to become, to vote for the person that God intends for us to become. And the way we do that is through small actions. Small habits produce big results. Guess what? When you read one verse, you're voting for yourself as a person who reads the Bible. When you pray for your kids, you're voting for yourself as a person who prays for their kids. When you listen to the podcast for two minutes, you're, one per, you're a person who's investing in their leadership and in their personal growth. Anything we do that moves us forward is a vote for the person you want to become. And eventually, if you do it day after day after day, you create a winning streak, you create a habit, and a habit creates a lifestyle, and that lifestyle changes your destiny. And that's how it happens in life. And the fourth and final one is start today. Someday isn't a real day, but today is a real day. Yesterday is gone, and tomorrow isn't promised to anyone, but today is the day that God has given us. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day where we can step forward into what God has for us. He can help us build better habits. And so as I close, I want to share this final passage with you. It's verse 3. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false, though it linger. Oh, sometimes I feel like God's taking his time. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come. Say certainly. 
It will certainly come and will not delay. In life, there's the habit loop of God. He reveals. Our job is to write down what he reveals and to run with what he reveals. And what happens is we need to trust him for the results. He says, I just need you to be obedient. I just need you to follow me. Though it linger, wait for it. It will surely come. Whatever God has revealed to you, it will be accomplished because God's word is true and it's faithful. We can rely on it. We can take it to the bank. But I was thinking about this moment as we close. I just sense in my heart that some of you, you're needing God to reveal something brand new. I want to assure you that if we seek him with all of our heart, we'll surely find him. If we seek his voice, if we stand in the rampart and we say, God, I'm listening for you to speak to me. Whether it's about new dreams and new visions and new goals or if it's about my habits and my daily practices. The Holy Spirit's here and he wants to speak to you. And so now I want to invite you to stand up front to back, side to side. I want you to set aside every distraction. God is committed to helping you develop a winning streak. He wants to come alongside you. He wants to reveal his plan for you. He wants to reveal how he can step in miraculously and control the cravings and to change responses. I've sensed that his presence is here and all we need to do is ask him. The Bible tells us that if anyone seeks wisdom, he just needs to ask of it and God freely gives it without reproach. What that means is that whatever we need, we just need to ask him for it. And so today as we close, I want to invite you to bow your heads and to close your eyes. This is a moment with the Lord. I think all of us, we want to have a winning streak. We want the revelation of God. We want our habits to change. But it starts by saying yes to Jesus. And I don't want this moment to pass without giving you the opportunity to say yes to him, to welcome him in your life, to set yourself up for success. And so if you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus or this is the first time in a long time, maybe you feel like you've ended up in the ditch and you need Jesus today, this is your moment. So if you're here today and you need him, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Yes. Yes, yes. Front to back, side to side, up in the balcony. Yes, the Lord sees you. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to lead you in a prayer to say yes to Jesus. And then I'm going to pray for this church that God would, through his Holy Spirit, intervene and change attitudes and change habits and reveal something brand new. So for those of you who raise your hand, I want you to say this with me. In fact, all of us, I want us to say this together. We're inviting Jesus into our hearts. Say, Jesus, I need you today. More than just my habits and my goals, I need you. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Lead me today. Forgive me of my sins. I need you. And now I ask you to reveal what's in your heart and what's on your mind for my life and my family. I also ask God that you would intervene 
through your Holy Spirit in my habits and my daily routines. Change me from the inside out in Jesus' name. And now, God, I pray for this family of God, that you would bless each person, God, that they would seek you and that you right now would begin to reveal that they would wait upon you for your revelation, that you would speak something new, something new about their family, something new about their marriage, something new about their business, that question that they have, that complaint that they presented to you, may they wait upon you. And now I ask that you would reveal to them what it is you have in store for them. And God, may they have the courage to write it down and then run with it, God. I pray, Lord, through your Holy Spirit that you would inform their habits and their daily choices. Help them build better habits so that their life can give you honor and glory. We ask, God, that, that you would step in so that everyone sees their good works and glorifies you. We entrust all of this to you. And we say in the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. It's been a delight to